It was the year of fans. The year of newbies. The year we reviewed the show with love. It was the year of predictions. The year of great feedback. The year of puns. And the year of memes. It was a new season. It was a podcast of future history. It was a year absolutely nothing changed. The year is 2015. The show down below. So hello again, everyone. Welcome to Down Below, a Babylon 5 intro cast. I'm Will. Hi, man. I'm Heidi. And I'm Beth. And the band is back together again. <laughs> <laughs> do we have a, we don't have a nickname, do we? We're the Bellowers yeah, or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, Bellowers. Um, this is us this week. Um, yeah, what do we do? Let's see, where do we go from here? Well, seeing as you couldn't make it last week, Beth, um, before you watch this, what were your predictions? Uh, Well, I wasn't really paying attention to the title, so I didn't really think about it too much, I guess. I mean, I was very excited about all the Psy stuff that was happening. So, I guess, always hoping there was more Psy stuff, which... Was the case. You got a lot today. Yeah. Yes. I could not be happier there. Today we are here to discuss episode 17 of season 4, The Face of the Enemy, but first, The Voice of the Resistance. This is The Voice of the Resistance. We are receiving some disturbing reports from the front line. President Clark has been spreading false rumors about what happens to ships that surrender to Sheridan's forces. No, your crew will not be replaced by Minbari crews. You will be treated humanely, and if you wish to join our side, you are more than welcome. Also, if you have any word on the whereabouts of former Babylon 5 security officer Michael Garibaldi, please let us know. This has been the voice of the resistance. Crisis for the geek kind. Top geek officials admit they underestimated the hipster's defense capability. Join the geek revolution and save the galaxy. Geeks from all over the globe are joining up to fight for the future. They're doing their part. Are you? Want to know more? Join We Be Geeks and the Geek Revolution and save the world. Service guarantees citizenship. Listen to We Be Geeks podcast on iTunes and Stitcher or online at webegeeks.net. We Be Geeks, your voice for the geek revolution. Want to know more? The Face of the Enemy originally aired June 9th, 1997. It was directed by Mike Vahar, who last directed No Surrender, No Retreat two episodes ago. It was written by JMS. There was a commentary with Mike Vahar and JMS. I guess I think they worked on Jeremiah together. Apparently, JMS wanted him for this episode because he said that Mike Vahar always kind of telepathically knows what he wants. (laughs) 
Yeah, I meant to listen to the commentary. Um, I bet it was quite good. I can always go yeah. back and listen to it another time. Yeah. Though. It was interesting. I've, I've watched this episode three times in the past 24 hours. Oh, so. wow. <laughs> and, Will, um, where were you when this episode aired? Yeah, exactly. Oh, this was sometime where was after. Where? <laughs> I know, this is my favorite segment of the show. <laughs> yeah, I talked about orientation last week, so it, it was around orientation time, probably just, just that summer before going to college. I probably was I don't remember doing a lot that summer. You had so, orientation in June? I th- yeah, it was like the first week of June. Wow. It was a um yeah, we went there for like a weekend and then yeah, it wasn't you know like the first week or right before class, I don't think. They may do that now, but they didn't do it back then. Well, it just seems like I guess it would be only for in state people because that's a long way to go if people that are living in other states and stuff to come. Yeah, it would be just a long for a week. Way. You know, they might actually have like a really short orientation, like right before classes started. Now that I think about it, mm-hmm. yeah, but I wasn't doing much that summer. I don't think I worked that summer. It just sounds like a time for people to get together and drink, really. Probably, but I was one of the nice, you know, good kids. I wasn't doing that kind of stuff. You just slept like, drinking. I talked about yeah. I talked about my roommate for the night last week. He was probably out drinking that night. I, he came in late when I was already in bed. Mm-hmm. Um. Oh yeah. In the commentary, they were talking about how JMS said that Mike Behar always asked for a million things that. You know, he couldn't do so. And JMF was always like, oh, here comes Mike again. <laughs> so apparently they made T-shirts that said, I've been Bayhard. Which <laughs> apparently Bayhar means something in Spanish, but they wouldn't say what it was. I guess I should have looked it up. I'll look it up now. <laughs> um, can't be that bad because it's also a last name. I mean, it's a last name. So yeah, maybe, it's a sl- maybe it's a slang term and it means something. Okay. Urban Dictionary then. <laughs> <laughs> um. So we can go with the recap. We'll begin with an Ivanova voiceover. Her voiceovers are better than Sarah Connor voiceovers. Ivanova voiceovers are always good. Yeah. Jessica Jones voiceovers are good, too. Um, Ivanova voiceovers are better than Garibaldi voiceovers. (laughs) Exactly. Although I thought that was supposed to be a little bit like noirish, right? It was. Yeah. Yeah. It was a little. It was stilted. (laughs) Vehar is to harass. Oh, okay. His name is Molestar. <laughs> that makes oh. sense. <laughs> if he's always bugging them for stuff that they can't do mm-hmm. budget wise, yeah. Um. So yeah, so they have more support from Earth ships, but the battles are getting more desperate the closer they get home. And we see Sheridan on his White Star. Not sure why people just don't give up and surrender when. Well, yeah, uh, we get that right here, though. Yeah, and I don't know if this is it or maybe the next scene on the White Star where we see the White Star kind of repairing itself in the background a little bit. Just this little light kind of effect. Yeah, oh, that CG didn't quite work that well. No, <laughs> but they, they they covered it by speaking about it. <laughs> Franklin and Lita are on their way to Mars with their cargo. This is where Ivanova says, everything will be all right as long as nothing goes wrong. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Cue a disaster. And she says it's the end game. And Garibaldi meets, this after the voiceover, Garibaldi meets with Edgar's. They have Sheridan's father and everything's being put into place. 
and Edgar is, is kind of reassuring Garibaldi, and he'll let Garibaldi in on the whole truth once Sheridan is captured. So remind know. me what okay, so was Sheridan's father was procuring him some drug that he needed, right? Well, Sheridan's father is on a very specific, expensive drug, apparently. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah. Um, it's some kind of rare disease. Yeah, because Edgar's Industries is partially a pharmaceutical company, it's fairly easy for them to track him. Yeah, <laughs> for some reason I was thinking they said Sheridan needs this, and I was like, why are we just finding this out now? But okay, it makes more sense. I don't know if this is where Garibaldi made the line about, um, what, 30 pieces of silver? Yeah, is that a biblical thing? Sorry. Right, yeah. Judas or something? Yeah, Yeah. Judas. So, after this, we have the opening credits, and my DVD was skipping at this point, so I don't think I missed anything after the credits, but I think this is the first JMS commentary in season four, so the first time he's talked about the season four credits. He just said that he wanted to try to bring everybody in and have everybody have a say in it. And the use of more heroic anthem last season was more sad and kind of stoic. Uh, this even so, even so, it's got this dark undertone to it still. Of they, even though it's meant to be more heroic, there's still danger there. Remind me though, the commentaries were recorded. Like it, yeah, years later. Years later, okay. She talked about Jeremiah that came you know, a long time after. Um, well, maybe not that long after, but yeah, a while after. Um, uh, so there was a battle going on. Sheridan still wonders why don't why they don't surrender, but we found out that it's because they've heard that Sheridan kills all the crew and replaces them with Nibari. <laughs> Hilarious. <laughs> so, like, you just believe anything you hear, won't you? He um, eats them. Uh, yeah. <laughs> he feeds them to Pakmara. Oh, it's, it, <laughs> it's good though that they had uh, what's his name, Mackie, come on and you know, kind of say, "Are you really that stupid?" To the other <laughs> Like, yeah, I am. <laughs> I feel like they uh, should, as part of the resistance, have you know some of these captains speak you know yeah. and talk about why they decided to join sheridan and i don't know well perhaps someone can no that would be too complicated for the resistance okay um so they end up standing down i think this was the cadmus what was it cadmus was a mythological hero slew a dragon and when he showed the dragon's teeth a race of warriors sprang from the ground oh uh. <laughs> it's also uh, the name of one of the um, labs in DC, isn't it? You got Cadmus Labs. Yeah, I don't know. So this captain was played by Lee uh, Rico Ross, who's been in a lot of stuff. Still in a lot of stuff. Cool so, name. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, the Agamemnon shows up. They've been trying to join up with Sheridan for a while, but he's too fast for him. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, okay, this was his old ship? Yeah. Right. And was this the one that, um, oh god, who was it captained by before? Didn't we see the new captain before, a different captain? I thought we did see a different guy before. Was it, like, the guy with a weird nickname? Um. Poopy or Stumpy or something? No, not him. I thought it was another guy. I thought when the whole 
yeah. separation from Earth happened. That's when we saw them. Well, I don't know. Maybe, maybe what's it? Um, Clark put someone in charge of the Agamemnon, and then they were too good there, and so moved him onto another ship, and just a second officer took over as captain. I don't know. But yeah, this guy, Zolf, David, heard him. also been in a lot of things. Most recently, The Young and the Restless. Oh. So on Mars, Franklin introduces Leader to number one. <laughs> and number one isn't too happy to have a telepath there, but Franklin says she's okay. We'll probably need her for our cargo. And, well, no one's telling number one anything. It's, no. Oh, look, I've got a telepath there. Oh, look, I've actually got 30 of them. She has yeah. to trap Franklin. <laughs> um, and I like they they mentioned that Lita came through a few years ago. I guess it's the episode where Talia left. I think there was a scene where she's running through on Mars at the very beginning. Well, I not no. Um, Lita, when she comes to Babylon Five, says she's just come from the Mars Resistance. Okay. So yeah, that's where we find out that, and it's a good nod back. JMS says she worked with um, the lady that plays number one on Murder, She Wrote. <laughs> I looked it up, and she played somebody with the last name Franklin on Murder, She Wrote. So, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's how he knew that. Um, oh, they did on the commentary. They talked about how Franklin is showing a little more gray. So maybe he's just stressed out in his job. Oh, is he? I didn't notice. I think that's who they're talking about. Yeah, well, um, Franklin and Sheridan, I think, basically, you know, first on when they first got the actors, the studios wanted wanted them to, you know, look perfect. And over time, you know, JMS has got his way a bit more to let them look more their age and, you know, let the, them grow out some of the grey in their hair and things like that. Mm-hmm. So the com- um, Sheridan's on board the Agamemnon on the commentary there is saying this is just the observational dome on B5 redressing. That's where I thought they were when I watched the episode. It took me a second to realize they weren't on B5. Yeah, every time they cut to a, um, what's it, a, a um, bridge on any of those command ships, it's just a redress of the command. Um, like I thought Clarence was going to show up. Oh, I didn't <laughs> since you dashed our hopes last time. I know. I know. Wait, what? <laughs> oh, apparently Clarence does not show up until next season. Oh, yeah. He's At least he shows up, though. I was yeah. very glad to hear that Ivanova actually said his name, though, because I was like, well, that at least means that he's alive. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, so the, the Agamemnon's been following Sheridan's adventures, and the crew trust him, even though they think he's a pain in the butt. And turns out that Sheridan, I guess, has had some losses, but he kind of keeps that under wraps. And this is when Marcus calls and said Garibaldi wants to speak to him. Garibaldi says, they got your dad. And I think we can break him out if we move quickly. I know some people, but they want to talk to you alone. Oh, Garibaldi. Yeah. Mm, I take it you didn't believe anything Garibaldi was saying at this point. Well, no, I knew he was setting him up. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But um, the captain of the Agamemnon doesn't think he should go, but Sheridan says he's going to once he verifies the information. Uh, And Garibaldi is, of course, trying to rush things, so he has to make a decision quickly without thinking and blah, blah, blah. 
So, yeah, Ivanova strongly objects to this. As she should. Yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. The only smart one in this situation. <laughs> Ivanova, you know, saying what everyone else is trying to sh- shout at the screen, just don't do no, it. No kidding. Don't do it. <laughs> Sheridan's like, he, I don't think he would try to hurt me, even though he doesn't like me. <laughs> He's verified everything Garibaldi said. And he wants Susan to take command of the fleet and Marcus will be her liaison because he wants human commanders. Glenn isn't back yet anyway. I like this move, you know. it's and He's got sense enough to say, right, we're going in on white stars. It looks bad enough. <laughs> like we wanted to be a fair fight with our fleet of alien ships. But still. <laughs> but like what? Like, real good reason could anybody have for only needing Sheridan there? You know what I mean? Mm. Just screams trap. Exactly, yeah. It's a trap. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely. We need Admiral Akbar there to say it. (laughs) If Garibaldi was really willing uh, to help him out, he would have said, bring him along a small force, a small strike force. We don't want to draw attention. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When did they say they know your reputation? They want to meet with you alone. Like, what's what is <laughs> <laughs> what? They know his reputation for blowing up planets. His <laughs> <laughs> reputation for I don't know. <laughs> um. So on Mars, there's an awkward dinner with Franklin, Lita, and Number One. <laughs> <laughs> Is it more awkward than the Kingpin's dates on Daredevil? It's just awesome. Yeah. Um, number one says this isn't Lita, and she uh, leaves. And Lita talks about the new blood, Bloodhound units that are deep scanning everyone that they suspect of being in the resistance. Yeah. Now that she's not rogue anymore, it's she's getting, hearing uh, things. Yeah. Yeah. Is this and, the first time we've heard that deep scans? do that to people? Well, Maybe. we've heard in the past that it can be dangerous, but this is first time we find out why, I think. Yeah, like it can be uncomfortable. Yeah. But, yeah. It can give you heart uh, attacks and strokes. and Yeah, just a little uncomfortable. Slightly. <laughs> a little. <laughs> yeah. She talks about when she interned with the Psycor, apparently she found someone that had been murdering telepaths. I didn't quite get all of this, but I think well, they planted stuff in his mind to make him go crazy. And they tell interns this? <laughs> no kidding. Was she the one doing it, or was she she helped find the guy? But This is what they I have the interns do. No, no, I don't think she's the one who actually... You know, punished him. She was the one on the case helping out with it and doing doing internal stuff on the case. Um, She's doing like, paperwork on it. I don't know. I think a bit more than that because I, I vaguely remember <laughs> this is actually, uh, this event she describes is in the cycle novels, is in the first novel. And I think when she does this internship, she actually, uh, this is the first time she meets Bester oh, when nice. she interns mm. as a cop. Well, in terms with the psychops. Um, in your com uh, in your commentary in your discussion last week, did you guys talk about Lita's crazy mind controlling force stopping the psy guy from killing himself? Yeah, yeah, what we touched heck? on it. Yeah, what's yeah. your opinion? I don't know. That's crazy. 
That's not normal, right? No. Okay. Yeah, because it was like his mind was saying yes, but at the same time she was forcing his mind to say no. Yeah, I I had the theory that it's basically um, because she's connected to the Vorlons, this guy is influenced by the Shadows. They're both first ones. So it's almost like she had to get, she had to make him stop because she needed him alive or something. That's kind of like almost how I saw it. Like, not like, I mean, yes, it was obviously she didn't want him to kill himself, but it seemed like more than that, you know, like not just altruistic, but also like he needs to be kept alive. Uh, Interesting. I don't know. Mm. Because it was almost like she couldn't control herself, you know? When she kind of shook herself off when when she finished it, and I don't know, it's interesting. Mm. Let's see. Yeah, she got out of the, um, got away from the psychops after that, and then number one comes back with a message from B five about Sheridan. I guess this is Sheridan gonna go. Wait, so sorry, back to what she was talking about. So they did that to that guy just as a punishment, right? Like that he yeah. would be just tortured constantly. Yeah, because killing him would be too quick. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And of course, he's only mundane. Sure. Yeah. Send a message. It's like when my grandma used to kill snakes, she would hang them up on the fence with a message to other snakes. <laughs> Is <laughs> that like, like a that. real thing? Does that actually work? I don't think that actually works, oh, okay. but that's what she did. <laughs> yeah, that'll show them. <laughs> um, so. How many snakes did your grandma deal with? We had <laughs> a lot of. Seemed like a lot of snakes. This was like way out in the country. Mm. It was basically kind of a. Um, Close to a farm, I guess. It probably didn't happen all that often. Just my memory makes it seem like it happened a lot. <laughs> yeah. Once would be enough for me. All yeah. right. Yeah. Even in my last uh, place in Mississippi I lived in, towards the end there, I like went outside one day and saw like snakes run under the house. And then I freaked out. Ooh. Like, I better not hurt my dog or I'm going <laughs> to... I just went and kind of blocked. You didn't um, just uh, run off... Uh, to the local um, DIY shop and grab a uh, bamboo steak and just head home to steak them to the front lawn then. <laughs> I should have done that. <laughs> <laughs> you probably feel we call the cops on you. <laughs> that guy's crazy over there. <laughs> <laughs> so Delane and Lanier arrive back on B5. It's been a while. <laughs> and Vanova tells soon. him about... <laughs> <laughs> Ivanova tells him about Sheridan's father, and Delenn's like, he'll be all right, assuming you can still trust Mr. Garibaldi. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. Probably oh, a good yeah. idea yeah. telling John that, not, you know, Lanier. So, yeah, this next scene, they were talking about for a long time on the commentary leading up to it. They are ignoring the other stuff that was going on because they are building up to this scene. You know, it may take, kind of goes by kind of fast, and they just wanted to say what they had to say, I guess. Yeah. JMS says that this is um, maybe one of the best directed scenes in the entire series. Wait, is this the scene in the bar? Yeah. yeah. Oh my god. Okay. So, <laughs> <laughs> so Sheridan meets with Garibaldi and Garibaldi slaps him with a trank 
Is they said, yeah, this is only the second time somebody's been attacked by a skin weapon. The first time it was Kosh. Which doesn't make sense now we know what Kosh is. (laughs) If Kosh is an energy being, how do you use a skin tack, um, sorry, a drug skin patch on an energy being? Well, I think Mm. we talked about that like way back when. Because I think. And maybe it was when we watched it the second time and talked about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah I think so. Um, but yeah, we were like, um, he has no hand. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, like, yeah um, I mean, first of all, this bar, before we get into the really good part of the uh, sequence, has a very 90s feel to it. Though. Oh my God, it's the most 90s thing ever. <laughs> And yeah, this, jet. this song was like so 90s, which is fine. It was, it was a fine song, but it was, it, it was, this soul scene was surreal because it was so not like the show. It was, it was very different. Yeah. They have had nothing like that in the entire show before. <laughs> it was so anachronistic. It like completely reminded you that this was done in the 90s. <laughs> It's directed yeah, so- well and it does look really good, but it reminds you so much of the 90s. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, JMS said it was moody and claustrophobic, and some of the techniques they use have been used in movies since, so he thinks they may have been one of the first ones to do some of the stuff they did just to create the mood and the feeling. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, Garibaldi tells him not to fight it, which, of course, Sheridan does. Yeah, and- yeah, of course. Garibaldi watches as Sheridan is beat up and captured. My favorite part <laughs> was when Sheridan hit that one guy. He ran across the room and jumped through the window. <laughs> yes. I thought that was Sheridan jumping through the window. I was like, he's safe. I know. I was like, what's going on? He <laughs> was so. This was just weird. I'm sorry, it was so surreal. I was just like. Staring at the screen, like very confused, but like intrigued at the same time. I could have understood maybe this being in Twin Peaks or something. Oh yeah, totally. It's like a um, red room scene or whatever. Yeah. Well, I'm watching it this time with all the the way they were, you know, doing the flash of sequences, and you saw the you know flashes of movement. I made a um. Music video for a, um, a course a while back, and I completely forgot about this episode at the time. I didn't realize that this episode must have been somewhere in the back of my mind because I copied a lot of what was going on. <laughs> I mean, it does seem like a music video, does it not? Yeah. 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 AMS is going to come after you, Ian. <laughs> um,. What did JMS say? I thought the fight was a bit too long for much the same reason as you. I was responding to a question. All I could suggest is that John's metabolism isn't normal anymore, and perhaps this had an effect. Maybe the bully boys were doing less damage than we think simply to prolong the fun. The what now? The what boys? Bully boys. Oh. (laughs) They're just playing with him. Garibaldi's people or what? Oh, maybe Edgar's Yeah, Edgar's people. Yeah. He says, one, it was for dramatic stylistic effect. Not everything done with some style has to have a scientific explanation. Having been mugged myself, time expands and slows down. 
It's the TV cliche that fights are over in a second. Ask anyone who's ever been in a real knockdown fight. It goes on a heck of a lot longer than we showed here. When I got mugged, it went on for 10 minutes. Oof. I thought it was the opposite. I thought TV fights were always longer than they are in real life. <laughs> but it just depends on the fight. <laughs> well, you know, now we've got um, sequences like the Daredevil fight. Um, you kind of starting to see more of that prolonged, dragged out exhaustion of, you know, what he's talking about there. If that makes any sense. Yeah. One of the ironies and other messages on this is that some have noticed the fast-paced editing, which is supposedly associated with music, video, slash short attention span material, and then turn around and say it wasn't over fast enough. (laughs) (laughs) Um... Well, so out in space somewhere, (laughs) Ivanova joins Marcus. Oh, sorry. I'm I'm just getting back to that bizarre, but slightly wonderful scene. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to have to watch that like a few times because that was insane, right? I mean, it was so... (laughs) <laughs> it was just so not Babylon 5. It was just so weird. Right? Yeah, did they, did they right, not talk yeah. about what they were trying to that they were trying to do something different or I don't know. Like, uh, why I did they them, choose that song? I, I, oh, okay, I didn't write it down, but I remember them saying something about the music in the commentary, but they talked about it for a long time and eventually I stopped listening. Oh. <laughs> Somebody well, please tell me like where like where the choice of that song came from and uh, I need the to only know. thing I can think of is John's on these drugs, and you know it's seeing this sequence from his perspective. So the song's in his mind, maybe <laughs> because because it's a different song than the one that was on when he was coming in. It changes as soon as the patch goes on, doesn't it? It kind of there's a shift there. Not just in the camera work, but also the music that's used. So well, before, this would be well, delightful so- if, in his mind, a good fight song is a 90s girl rock. <laughs> that would be amazing. Somebody just changed the music as soon as the fight broke out. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I have to we know do more. the soundtrack. Okay. Um, hmm. I'm trying to remember. I don't... Um, yeah, Ivanova comes on the ship and we get the ISM report. Yeah, I was just trying to remember if there was anything spoilery in that commentary. I don't think there was. So I could do the commentary for that scene? Yeah, well, just remember they were talking about it for probably like 10 minutes before, at least before that scene (laughs) starts. (laughs) They were building up to it. Oh, wow. They are (laughs) proud of that scene. Yeah. Um... Yeah, Ivana, they see the um, ISN report announcing Sheridan's capture, and they're saying he's being treated well, but we see differently. Mm. They call Sheridan, do they call him what, the renegade leader or something yeah. like that? And, of course, Delenn knows that something's wrong, and Lanier comes to tell her that something's happened. <laughs> oh, this was... Yeah, I mean, Lanier, uh, <laughs> who's right outside Delenn's door. <laughs> so, yeah, she basically, like, has a six cents about it which is of course of course all married couples in these shows are connected like that 
Well, they're not married. Sorry. Oh, sure they are. <laughs> they're sure still, still got. Ceremony. They're still in the middle of their ceremonies. Mm. Um, so, Edgar's and Wade. <laughs> you tell how much name. I like Wade. <laughs> so they tell Garibaldi that Clark is happy, and now it's time for them to do their thing. So they let Garibaldi in on the truth. The terror. The telepath <laughs> the telepath <laughs> telepaths are the real problem the psychor they're the greatest threat to freedom ever oh of course i'm sure there are some parallels to this and what's going on in modern well, times oh, the, with- the interesting thing with this is that you have Lita saying one day there's going to be a, a war between humans and the telepaths and you have eggers here saying almost the same thing Two very yeah. different people on either side of this idea coming to the same conclusion. Yeah. So this cure that he uh, that they he was trying to smuggle is actually a cure for a virus he created. And once a telepath is infected, they need injections every two weeks. So they're going to try to make sure that Homo sapiens can beat Homo superior. <laughs> is um. Just reminded me of X Men. <laughs> yeah, I know, yeah. I know. It's that's not the way it works. I wish they could have done it a little bit more gray area because it's one thing if he was to create like a defense mechanism, right? Something that he could use on certain telepaths, you know, to neutralize those telepaths. Yeah. But, but he created something that was 100% um, contagious, which means that... 100% lethal. Right, and 100% contagious, he said. Yeah. Or something like I that. Mean, very contag- It's contagious, so it would transmit to other telepaths, so you can't just yeah. you know neutralize certain ones. It would. And how can you be sure that something like that, once it's out in the world, isn't going to mutate and affect everyone else? Yeah, like, did he test? Like, I want to see the testing that he did, you know, on this. Like, how do you make those claims without testing it? And Well, those three people we saw, I think, last week, I guess, were test subjects. Yeah. So... Uh, but that's not... And <laughs> I don't know how much testing he did, yeah, how extensive it was. I know. And basically, he's creating um, a genocide, right? Because... Oh, yeah. 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 So it's not really that subtle, you know? He's he's a paranoid fanatic. And he took that upon himself to like, you know, infect like millions of people, millions of humans. Well, he it's no because for me, it's not just that he's afraid of telepaths. It's he's got power. Mm-hmm. He's afraid to lose that power. Yeah, like you yeah. said, the corporations r- run everything. That's his belief. Yeah, you know, that's his idea and. So yeah, that was obviously it'll be a loss of power if this the psychor or the size took over. But wow, to go from that to I'm going to kill them all um, is quite the leap. Yeah, I smell like it smells like a cherry flavored air freshener or something. I don't know where that's coming from. It's probably <laughs> like is that the first sign of brain cancer? You start smelling <laughs> things that aren't there. Um, Anyway, <laughs> so Garibaldi yes, says, it is. <laughs> so Garibaldi tells him he doesn't have a problem with any of this. Was Garibaldi telling the truth when he said this, or no? I don't lying? think so. Okay. Uh, um, 
uh, as we find out later, the real Garibaldi's gone at this point. Plus, um, he immediately, you know, pulled out the fake tooth with the button in it, didn't he? Yeah. 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 I mean, we're about to get to it, but yeah, the curtain's about to be pulled back completely, and ta-da! There's Vesta. Yeah, Elise overheard all of this. So, yeah, so this is the thing with the telepaths, you know, has parallels to World War Two, and the actor that played Edgar's is of Jewish ancestry. He apparently had problems saying telepath problem. That's why he kind of paused during that scene. Right. <laughs> because, yeah, yeah, it, it's almost parallel. It, the parallels to... You mean he had problems, like, just, like, it's hard to say? Or, or are you talking yes, about... Uh, I think more yeah, just because of the yeah it, the whole thing with you know the German hierarchy um having that meeting I can't remember where it was and devising oh I see what you're saying whole, yeah you got the whole Jewish problem according oh, to okay, Nazis okay. and yeah yeah it, 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 it's I, I can imagine for him just those two associations just. Making the line really difficult to say. Um, which, uh, sorry, which was it? This episode or the last episode where they were talking about the diff- the different? No, it was this episode right where he was talking about the different um, governments over the years that uh, basically he was talking about the people. Oh, that they was let the last it happen. One. Oh, was the last one? Yeah, Damn. the Iraqis and the uh, French and, and yeah. yeah. The Russians. Mm. Mm. I mean, I thought that was interesting. Yeah. Some of those haven't happened yet. <laughs> um, yeah, JMS said that he likes writing scenes with two actors in a small space. So he brought up Londo and Jakar on the elevator. Mm. So first he talks to Lise. She says she heard everything and doesn't want to go back. Oh, poor Lise. Her- She's been relegated yeah. to, like, going and asking people to prepare breakfast and stuff and... Then notifying that breakfast is ready, and, <laughs> yeah, and lied to by her husband, and you know it's just ugh, so good for her. Mm, she, she's trying to do something, and I, I'm just not keen on the performance. <laughs> yeah, Garibaldi has to go home. JMS said that you know Garibaldi's shutting down at this point, so <laughs> you know she's going to go home. So then Bester shows up. Do you see his name in the credits? (laughs) Or were you spoiled by the trailer? Oh. Yeah, don't watch the trailer. We don't watch the trailer. No, no, we don't watch the trailers. (laughs) Good. (laughs) No one wants the trailers until they've seen the episode. It just completely spoils it. Yeah, no. But yes, I did see his name in the credits, but I still didn't expect him to show up in this context, I guess. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, he got their signal and he finds out what Garibaldi knows. I like how Garibaldi uh Bester says my telepath. Mm. See mm-hmm. how he feels. I pretty much don't like how he says anything, but Right. <laughs> <laughs> we know you don't really like the character or how he's acted, but it's I mean the character is okay, I guess. If he serves a purpose anyway. Um but not how it's acted, no. I was I don't know if we talked about it on this show, but I was noticing his teeth a lot when he was talking this episode. 
I'm quick to notice teeth because I was always self-conscious about my teeth and spent a lot of money getting them like straightened out and whatnot and cleaned and whatever. So now you spend your time silently Watching judging teeth. <laughs> teeth. Yeah, I do. Uh, um, so, do yeah, he, whose teeth are we talking about? Buster's? Uh, Buster's or teeth. Well, Walter Koenig's teeth, I guess. <laughs> Probably drinks a lot of coffee or something. I don't know. Um, he can feel the real Garibaldi <laughs> trying to get out mm. and find out what's going on. Uh-huh. He's been wondering what he's going to do with Garibaldi once this day came. So he's going to be magnanimous since Garibaldi just stopped a new Holocaust. He's going to let Garibaldi and the viewer in on what happened. Oh my gosh, this <laughs> yeah. very long monologue was like, yes. oh. And yeah. we had to see Justin again, so thanks for that. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, man, I didn't even... I think I blocked that. (laughs) I'll tell you what, though. There's a really nice shot during the flashback of the corridor with Bester Garibaldi on the gurney at one end and the camera tilting at an angle as the psychop comes down to close the door on us and Garibaldi. I, I really enjoyed that shot. Yeah, um, yeah, JMS made a joke about, you know, giving, you know, like an actor like gobs of dialogue because Edgar's had a really long monologue in this episode. It's like, I don't know what that writer was thinking. <laughs> he was crazy. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, apparently when the shadows kidnapped him, Bester knew that they were yeah best to kidnap garibaldi from the shadows yeah he knew that something was going on and managed to use his position to intervene on his behalf i mean very weird and confusing yeah well i guess somehow he found out that garibaldi was Right. Yeah, the, the Shadow the, was working with Earth, and somehow yeah. Bester found out about it. Right. At this time, whilst the Shadows are still around, there's a group of telepaths that are controlled by the Shadows, and the group of telepaths that Bester is in charge of. There's a bit of fluidity between the two. Are they controlled by the Shadows? How are they controlled by the uh, Shadows? Maybe they were working with the Shadows. Maybe kind not. of. It's kind of... Uh, the impression I got is kind of... There's a group that thought... The future of the telepaths lay laid with working with the shadows, and um, the a group that thought the shadows were their enemy and kind of was a group that Bester is kind of amongst or maybe in charge of. Yeah, and I like how he was speculating that this virus that to kill telepaths may have come from the shadows without Edgar's knowing about it. That may have helped uh, push along, I think, for, through third-party sources, I think is what he said. Yeah, well, Edgar says almost the same thing, uh, that we had alien help with this. Oh, okay, I didn't remember him saying that, okay. I think, actually, it was said, either he said it or it said, but during the episode with The Cure. Okay. So, um... Yeah, to eliminate the telepath threats. Um, so basically, they wanted to recondition Garibaldi, just amplify his natural instincts and nudge him in the right direction from time to time. So, like that episode where Bester was on B5 and scanned him. Yeah. 
And the guy, the side cop that Bester was talking to about this, that is Harlan Ellison. Oh. The, okay, can we... Um, what did Bester want to do with him? I think that he just wanted to have him so he could use him whenever he needed. I don't know if he necessarily had a plan when That's he first it. did this. Yeah, but because he lost his first um, plan to be five, you know, he he, he um, lost, what's the name, from season two? Talia. Talia. He wanted, <laughs> he wanted someone else there in a position that he could use. And then as time went on and Garibaldi updated based on what was going on, they implanted new conditioning to push him in a certain direction. He, you know, made him, you know, more distressful so he'd leave um, the command crew, make him isolated, and then open to other people who wanted to use Garibaldi, like Edgar's. He, um, Bester didn't know that Edgar's was going to come along, but when he did, he um, took the opportunity because he knew that there was something going on, but he didn't know what it was. That's the impression I got. Ugh, so complicated. Yeah. Uh, Spy stuff usually is. Yeah, JMS did say on the commentary that he was worried that people were going to be confused about so much stuff going on, so many different agendas. Well, it's like Spike, you know. You know, he he had a soul, a chip, and a um, (laughs) (laughs) and mental conditioning by the first. But that wasn't really confusing (laughs) because it happened over a long period of time. Yeah, I mean, this was, I mean, it was, it was kind of confusing, but then it was just like, okay, you know, I mean, here we are now. Yeah, so yeah, he's not going to kill Garibaldi, he kind of doesn't think Garibaldi's a threat anymore, and it would probably be worse for Garibaldi to have everyone know that he's the one who betrayed Sheridan. So he sends the all-clear signal telepathically and leaves, mm. and... Garibaldi kind of wakes up and screams, no. <laughs> Why did he let him remember everything? I mean, you would think it doesn't matter. Torture, because knowing Bester used him like that is torture because Gar- Garibaldi is about staying in control and having control over his own life. And having Bester come in and use him like that, it, he, it's the one of the worst things to happen to Garibaldi. But why does he want the worst thing to happen? Like, why does he care? Because best is sadistic like that. <laughs> he, he thinks, you know, it'd be peaceful if he just shot him. But no, I want Garibaldi to suffer. Best is an asshole. Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't think it's going to work out the way he hopes. I hope not. So in hyperspace, Susan has verified that Sheridan is captured. Apparently Garibaldi's tried to call B5, but Susan wants Clarence not to answer any of his calls. Mm. Mm. And she wants Garibaldi shot on sight if he shows up on B5. Mm. Surprises Marcus. He's going to have to get one of those, you know, texts that make him look like somebody else. Or by by a snazzy new fedora. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I can't wait for this to to pan out. Mm -hmm. Just put on some glasses and 
Yeah. Nobody recognize them. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, Ivanova says they're going to finish what they started. She has a quote, which I won't say in case someone uh, uses as a quote, but she says that Sin- uh, Sheridan said it, but actually Sinclair said it in War Without End. Maybe Sheridan <laughs> also said it at some point, but... Or maybe um, <laughs> JMS and in turn Ivanova have done the same thing the rest of us have done and got the two confused. <laughs> Could be. Uh, JMS said, if I did everything perfectly, wouldn't it be boring in regards to getting the quote mixed up? You know what's funny is I think Heidi and I have actually confused the two names less than you guys have. (laughs) (laughs) I think so, too. (laughs) Um, Oh, yeah, when she's standing against the wall saying that quote on the commentary, JMS is like, yeah, we could have done this against the wall, but you have to have this. He had to have this CGI shot in there because you could see outside the ship. <laughs> Just making fun of, I guess, how Mike Vahar likes to ask for stuff they don't really need. If you don't ask, you don't get. <laughs> that is true. Speaking of CGI, I I am really done with that Mars transport. <laughs> yeah. That was, it was, it was the black and white this on the inside of it after the ship would pass. But yeah, just the whole thing. Um, on Mars, Garibaldi goes looking for Lise, and he finds a dead Edgars and a dying Wade. I'm so glad to see Wade dead. <laughs> um, wow. <laughs> he just got on my nerves. He's so sleazy. I mean, yeah, he was, that's for sure. I was just out of the day editing the episode where he first shows up. The thing is, you know, in this tiny, tiny way, I wanted... Garibaldi to go around touching everything in the room whilst Rave was still alone saying, see, I'm touching everything. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that would have been horrible. Yeah, that's a petty part of me. <laughs> uh, just, just because of the, you know, the current last week. Um, yeah, at least uh, apparently five hit them out of nowhere, but at least wasn't there. And Garibaldi sees that the virus and the cure are gone. So does so Lee have them, or does the Psy have them? It's probably the Psy, right? Because there was like yeah. that bloody handprint on there. <laughs> yeah, I think the Psy have them because you never know. You know, if they've got this, if... they can then control any rogue telepaths. Well, uh, they do understand that it's contagious, right? Yeah, like if I knew about this, I'd be afraid to even touch the yeah. vial. <laughs> yeah, but. People aren't usually that. Uh, it's helpful when it comes to these things. Paranoid. <laughs> yeah, they, and, you uh, know. I'm paranoid enough for three people, so it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> um. So then we get an ISN report from Allison Higgins. Hope somebody slaps her pretty soon. <laughs> it, <laughs> It's a a day of rest and celebration. So does she just read what she's given, or do you think she's actively part of the propaganda writing machine? I think she's part of the... (laughs) Yeah, I mean, she she takes so much joy in what she's saying. She can't (laughs) actually be... She looks so happy. She looks... She's either a good actor, or she's really happy about what she, she really believes... She seems newscastery for sure. Uh, what's her name? Diane? Is that her name? 
the actress. Um, no, well, whatever her name was, she didn't seem so happy at the end there when she was re- doing the yeah. news. Well, we don't know what's happened to her. Who? The elder, uh, the old reporter, the one that was that reported on ISM before oh, okay. it became a propaganda machine. Yeah. Um. So yeah. Apparently, Edgar was found dead with some of his staff. It's weird how they were showing the blood and the. They show that on. They show dead bodies on the news like that today. Um, I don't know. I don't watch the news, but according to <laughs> I avoid it. Nightcrawler, they do. Uh, I don't God. think they do. I don't know. And of course, they uh, place the blame on uh, Mars first. Yeah, the resistance. They did see. They did show Lisa's necklace being picked up. Yeah, nobody knows where she is. And then they say Sheridan may have been turned in by his former <laughs> chief of security Garibaldi, and he's a hero of the people. And the shot they use of him is from the season three opening credits, but they're basically telling everybody. It seems like they're basically alienating Garibaldi by telling everybody that he was the one that. Turn them in. Yeah, like, yeah. This yeah. is a further measure to isolate Garibaldi. <sighs> Bastards. Um, okay, that's the end of the episode. Yeah, good episode. Oh yeah. yeah. Bill Blair has an alien, and Justin was uncredited. Oh lord, oh, Justin. Justin. <laughs> <laughs> Why? There's a question. Why haven't other races had conflicts between their telepaths and their normals? And you just say that hey, some people deal with it more easily. We don't know that they haven't. Yeah, we, we have no idea. I mean, I think, you know, potentially a thousand years ago, Membaris might have had a problem, but then Valen sweeped in and changed everything for them. Sure. In some places, it came through Vorlon interference. In places, it came about naturally. What? Uh, telepathy. Oh, telepathy. Yeah, I think Maybe. I think one of the places it came about uh, naturally is um, in uh, Centauri. Um, Ooh, maybe this is my own theory now. <laughs> Since the Vorlons were encouraging telepaths because they helped to bring down the shadows. Maybe it's like implanted in um, Lita that she has to save that telepath from killing himself. There you go. Oh, that's my random theory. Must save other telepath. I don't. I don't know that that folds up if you look at it from every angle, but that's my new one. Okay. Do you see that video of the people that made that robot and they're basically like picking on the robot <laughs> yeah <laughs> like, trying to <laughs> yeah. like poking them with a stick and when he tries to pick up something they knock it out of the way yeah definitely how the um robot uprising's gonna start <laughs> yeah <laughs> right. seriously just made me think of that rule like do not harm humans you know, asimov's rules um do we have any quotes yeah, you're gonna have to I, give me a second to pull them up. The only one I have, I saw Heidi tweet the other day, <laughs> so I'm not gonna say it. <laughs> Thank you, because that's my only one. <laughs> okay. Um, okay, it's Ivanova. You all look like a Pac Mirage just ate your cat. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, I missed that one. 
<laughs> um, what was the name of this episode again? The Face of the Enemy. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Yeah, well, I actually tweeted it because <laughs> I didn't have anything to write it down with. And I was like, what if it's not on IMDb? <laughs> uh, yep, here we go. Okay. Let's see if I can find a Justin. No, he didn't talk in this episode. He didn't talk in the flashback. Maybe I can find a lyric from that song. Just oh, there's a cat. <laughs> that would be my cat. Oh, it's a good job no one, a pack where I not eating it. I know. <laughs> she's worried. I think that's why she's yeah. worried. <laughs> so. Uh, oh, okay. So is this what you guys were talking about? She said the captain once told me the person is expendable. The job is not. Oh, yeah. Uh, just, she just says the captain. Yeah. I thought it was okay. a person's expense. I thought she said, yeah, no, maybe. Okay, sorry. I, I don't see any good ones. Yeah. No, I, I, I didn't hear any There was a lot of lot speeches of, and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Very speechy. Who's knocking on my door? Uh oh. <laughs> it's best uh, kid to yeah. reveal its secret plan for you. Um, Hang on just a second. Oh, <laughs> uh, well. No, I didn't have any quotes this week. Yeah, I kind of stopped writing them down. I need to start writing them down again. Yeah, the only one I got that the only reason I got that one was just because it stood out so much that I was like, oh my god, I have that one. <laughs> it did. It factors into my alien of the week, actually. <laughs> well, at least we've got aliens in this week's episode. <laughs> no kidding. Last week it was like, uh, well, who who won last week? Um, random alien that walked down the corridor in one scene. Yeah, right. there wasn't anybody. So. <laughs> that was the postal, uh, the postman. What do we, what do we call him? On <laughs> the Sunday. Post- oh yeah, they do Sunday deliveries. Wow. Hmm? I ordered a book from Amazon. Um, yes. Who's our character of the? Who's our human of the week? I guess oh. Garibaldi. He. He kind of because mm-hmm. he he's finally back to himself. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But why did he betray you? I know. Uh, it's, uh, uh, I can't, he, I can't he go for Sheridan. He, I can't go for Sheridan though because he was stupid Sheridan's enough to fall for stupid. this trap. Give it to Bester and be done with it. No. Bester got a good long speech. He did oh gosh, exposition. Mm. Right, Bester can't have it because of that. Uh, Could it be Ivanova, even though she wasn't in the episode <laughs> that much? I'd rather go for Lise if it were giving it to small parts, but I don't know. Garibaldi, I mean, it was very interesting, his his role this, this episode. You know? Okay. I mean, you don't have to. You don't have to. But I'm just... I don't have a strong argument yeah, for Yeah, I don't really either. Yeah. Could have the guy that jumps out of the window. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> well, considering last week we had random alien that walked out the corridor, <laughs> we could we could actually just give it to that guy who did that fantastically. <laughs> oh. The guy who <laughs> jumped through the window. We had okay. some meaty parts in this episode, though. Mm. Um, Wade. Oh no. What, why don't would, we all just outvote Will and go for Wade? <laughs> <laughs> um, 
So, the guy who jumped through the window or Garibaldi? <laughs> I vote Garibaldi. Yeah. Uh, I'm, ha- I'm happy, even though it's really awkward. We could do a tie if you want. Uh, Gar- Garibaldi's fine. <laughs> and what about Alien? Okay, Alien, I am going with the proverbial cat-eating pac morale. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we really should. He never got any screen time. Had like one line each. Yeah, it was very yeah. little. I, I yeah. can definitely go with that. Yeah, Cat eating Pac <laughs> There we go. <laughs> Sorry, <All right>. Flynn. <laughs> Even when she's in the episode, and there's nobody else, pretty much. She's got she it many quit. times, I'm sure. She yeah, has. She's, she's got it enough times. Especially in the first And who knows seat. if the cat eating pac will have another chance, though. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he's a dog eating pac next time. Oh, it's no his, way. Like his entire body of work is like, Leo's probably going to win tonight for his body of work, even though... Revenant isn't his best movie. He's got to work the body of work, and this is all the packing around. <laughs> it's very similar. I know. <laughs> <laughs> the Pac-Mara um, is Leonardo DiCaprio, I think. <laughs> yeah. Well, we never know. We didn't actually see the Pac-Mara. Perhaps no. it's, it's one it's of his, his early roles. Yeah. yeah. And when they reboot Babylon 5... The Pac Marat ambassador will be played by <laughs> Mark my words. I'm going to start whispering in JMS's ear. <laughs> so, if you want to rate this episode, uh, what do you think, guest? <laughs> I'll get Reese to rate this I was going to say, is Reese the guest? Because I, I guess yeah. my cat could. Could rate. She's been rather vocal on this episode. <laughs> she does not like the pack bra at all. No, she doesn't. I think she's no. gone back to bed now, though. He's staring out the window, so we must not like the episode. <laughs> <laughs> That's my interpretation. Okay, so we we figured out that pets rate this episode really lowly. Yeah, yeah. Pets are not a fan of this episode. My dog didn't want to watch what I had it on, so... <laughs> See? Uh, <laughs> there you go. I'm going to start us out, Heidi. Yeah, um... This was good. Um, it was... <laughs> it's finally, like, moving things along, which I'm really happy about. It's like, surprise. <laughs> I know. We just went for so long going, okay, that was that. Um, that, yeah, I'm, I'm excited again, uh... For this build up to the final episodes, I was very glad to find out what happened to Mr. Garibaldi, since we didn't find out in that <laughs> other episode. Yeah, did they have an episode title, whatever happened? <laughs> but, um, <laughs> so, so I was I was really happy to find that out, even though it came from a very long Bester monologue. Mm. Um, so. Yeah, that was good, and I'm I'm sufficiently angry with Garibaldi, even though it's not really his fault. Um, and so all of these things just coming to this like uh, boiling front here. I'm gonna give this one nine out of ten. Um, <laughs> excruciatingly long monologues. <laughs> 
How about you, Beth? Yeah, this one was really good. I think I rated the one two episodes before a little a little high, more highly um, than maybe it should have been. But the last three episodes I've really liked, and this one was the best of them, I think, for me. Because, oh my god, all the Psy stuff, and this better payoff. I'm telling you, I need a Psy war. <laughs> there has to be, like, a, uh, a whole Psy showdown, and... I don't want it to be over quickly. I want it to be over slowly. <laughs> and <laughs> I, I don't know. I just want the whole, like, I want it to be a little bit more subtly done in terms of, like, where do you draw the line? You know, when people have certain advantages, are there, you know, what what are the different, um, what are the different ways people cope with that? And, you know, not all sides are going to be power hungry, you know? So I just like to see a little bit more about the size and I'm so excited about all this. Um, best for notwithstanding, <laughs> but, <laughs> but I mean, there is a, there is a, like you need like this sort of the face of the evil size and you know, um, so there he is. So I'm going to give it, um, nine out of 10 Bester? You mean worster? <laughs> <laughs> How about you, Ian? Yeah, I really enjoyed this episode too, and I loved the direction. Uh, not just in the bar scene, which was weird and fun and interesting, but at the same time, so very, very 90s. But as I said, a couple of other shots here and there. The way they dealt with the characters in this episode, I really like, and I feel so bad for Garibaldi at this point. Where can he turn next? I always like Bester. I do like his performance as well. I know it's not to everyone's taste, but I love to hate Bester. Um, it's a brilliant episode overall. So I'm going to give it nine out of 10, 90s bars on Mars. <laughs> Mars bars, you mean? <laughs> yeah, Mars bars. Yeah, I really dug this episode. Um, got some resolution to the Garibaldi mystery and now he's back to normal. Uh, got to see some telepath stuff and Marsy stuff. The, um, yeah, the, the weird scene was, you know, kind of weird in a good way. I kind of had fun <laughs> with it, but yeah, I'll give it nine and a half out of ten tooth implants. Oh. oh. It seemed like it was really easy to take out. Like, how does yeah. that not come out when you're eating? You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I was, I was really confused by that part. <laughs> when I saw that, I was like, what? Why? How? Huh? <laughs> yeah. Reminds me of days of our lives when Stefano had a tooth implant put into Vivian so he could control her. <laughs> oh, yes, exactly like that. And make everybody think she was crazy so he could have power of attorney over her and he could have control of her art collection. What? Of her art collection. <laughs> yes! Yeah, it was it was very valuable art collection, if I recall. Well, it makes sense. Your hopes are so surreal sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> they totally are. <laughs> it's not like uh, the ones over here, East End, uh, Carnation Street, the like. It's just... Uh, most of the time, <laughs> the most fantastical things that happen there are oh. things like plane crashes, um, pubs burning down, killing 
you know, half the cast inside or something like that. Oh, but passion? Was it passion or passion? Passion, I think, yeah. Was the very best for that. I that mean. was the craziest <laughs> show ever. You had a witch. And a little a doll. Little doll came to the Yeah, that talked and Damn. oh my gosh. <laughs> that's that's Spike's favorite soap. Um, oh, well, on Buffy. Well, yes, if all of those things happen, yes, of course it's Spike's favorite. Yeah. I was sad uh, when they got rid of passions. <laughs> I can, I, I still know the theme song. <laughs> anyway, so <laughs> let us climb out of this Pachmaras belly and go to feedback land. Oh, ew! We suck cat gut. Ooh. <laughs> Gross. I'm gonna take 15 showers. <laughs> First, we have an email from Lori and Carl. Hey. We didn't have any feedback until like a couple hours before we started. I was going to read spam. (laughs) (laughs) There's some, apparently there's some married women who want us to email them now. Um, (laughs) Oh, where are they located? (laughs) Doesn't say. I remember last time it was Russia. Yeah. (laughs) Our listeners Um, are leaving things to the last minute. <laughs> well, you we warned you, get your feedback or we will read them. <laughs> That's right. Um, Lori and Carl say hello, commanders, ambassadors, and visitor. Here oh, are my it's sim- a bit lonely this week. We've got no visitor to the no station. Lisa, are you choking? Okay. Oh. Um, here are my somewhat scattered notes. On from a box <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I just ate the pox. Um. When Sheridan was wondering why the other ships were not surrendering, Carl thought it was because they felt they were defending Earth, but not necessarily because they were supporting Clark. However, we hear the terrible propaganda that they had been hearing was the cause. Were you all surprised by that? Not really. It's Clark, you know. When Sheridan gets a request for a meeting from Garibaldi, it did seem so obviously like a trap, but I (laughs) guess he did not want to believe that Garibaldi could have betrayed him. Carl has said that it is the second-in-command's job to question and be suspicious, and that is exactly what Ivanova does. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we felt bad for Lita. What is it called? The prejudice that people have for telepaths? Is it racism? Do we have a name for it? Mm, well, thoughtism. <laughs> uh, I'm just trying to figure out what it would be. If if they would be considered a different... Well, I mean, homo, homo superior, no, that's his own little name he gave them, right? Yeah, it is. I would I'm not say they're a different species. Sinophobia? Because they, <laughs> they, they're psionic. <laughs> if you translate it into Greek, they're psionic, so sinophobia? Could be. Um, well, it's, a, it's definitely an ism now. I mean, really. Yeah. Carl, oh, wait. We found out why Lita left the cycle cops, which was interesting. Carl pointed out that most telepaths are likely good people. It is just a few, like the psychops, that are very dangerous. So is Edgar at all justified in what he is doing? But, you know, I was thinking about this. There's a couple of different ways of thinking about it, actually. One is, you could think about it like, do people that have a certain advantage feel like, is the pressure of using it too much? You know what I mean? Like, it's, it's like, do you guys watch... Um, Jessica Jones? Yeah. yeah. Okay. So if you had Kilgrave's power, how could you stop yourself from ever using it? That would be so tempting. You know, yeah. you're, like, you're fed up with something, you just want something to go your way, 
you know, it's like, oh, it's just it's just a minor thing, you know. Mm. You might do it here, you might do it there, and then that works out. You don't think anybody's affected. Well, with Kilgraves, he doesn't even he wouldn't even have to mean to. Like he just said yeah, it. Exactly. Yeah. But we find as that far out in the season, but yeah. Like he, for him it's it's not, of course, a, a choice. Um I mean it is a choice. He can control right, it. Right, because he bit. can decide not to say it. Right. Or, or to, say it in a different way. Right. Or yeah. what if he realizes what he did, stop it or something. Right. Um but of course he took it to the nth degree. But like as a side and you have that, let's say maybe it, it's on some level you can't control it because you're hearing people's thoughts, you know. Well when this you're first is starting thing. to get your power. Or even on an everyday level, they're always hearing the background murmur of everyone. Uh, they, they can't shut it off completely right it's, so yeah i mean so it's like is there is there just an all the all the time kind of temptation to use or abuse however you want to look at it your power mm. and in that case are they more likely to be a threat um or is it like or can you equate it to somebody that had just happens to be taller and bigger than everybody else and therefore could overpower people if they wanted to but they don't, you know. But there's not really a defense for size. Like there's weapons and things to defend against people that are just strong. Mm. So it's different. There's essentially, what it comes down to is the hope that instilling a, a moral code in someone that, you know, to abuse these powers is wrong, that, you know, they're going to stick by it, but not everyone does. And is it just so tempting to use it that it's overwhelming, you know? I don't know. It's hard. Mm, but then you've got to also remember you've got a whole community of people who can read each other's minds, um, and so therefore kind of are they closer as a result and it's easier to stick together, read each other's minds, and not be tempted to read other people's minds. I mean, if they like people reading their mind, but I don't think they like it either, you know? So. It's a question of what the morals are and where the boundaries lie, isn't it? Yeah, and in the respect of um, Edgar's, I don't. If it, he took it way too far, but I don't think it would be necessarily, considering what he knew about what Clark was doing. And what he was planning with the size, I don't think it's above and beyond what like something that you could create a weapon that could target size, you know, because there really isn't at least their abilities, you know, if they're using it for, you know, fascism or, you know what I mean? So he took it too far. I mean, he took it to the genocide extreme. Yeah. You've also got to remember the, this society is one where they've taken all the telepaths and created an organization where it, ideally they can monitor them, but then the size kind of have taken control of that organization and are now in the position of power over that very organization that's meant to control them. Right. The inmates are running the asylum, so to speak. Yeah. yeah. So it all could be very interesting. And, you know, is Cycle the right way of doing things, or is there another way of doing things that is better for everyone, both telepaths and, you know, 
everyday humans. Or however right, because it's not, it's a hard choice for telepaths too. I mean, they have to join the sidecar or they have to take drugs or they have to be imprisoned or whatever. So yeah. And practically all of sidecar are aware of at least one dodgy thing. The core has done. It, it's, yeah, it's not a good situation for anyone. Mm-mm. And they continue. Garibaldi knows that putting Sheridan in custody will custody will not end the war. Carl points out that Delin and Ivanova will take up the fight. Carl noted that Edgar's making the virus and then controlling the antidote was one of his predictions as to what Edgar's was up to with the telepath. The recording device in Garibaldi's tooth was very creepy. Did you all see this coming? Carl was not really surprised. Wait, he... The tooth? <laughs> um, I thought it was a weird-looking tooth. <laughs> I'm like, wait, how could I see that coming? Um, Carl was not really surprised. He had also suspected what Besser had done, not really reprogrammed Garibaldi, but just nudged him in the right direction by emphasizing his already negative feelings. Well, that's what he did originally, and then over time added in more control. So that by the time he's with Edgar's, he he is literally a puppet. Uh, I think that's actually what ended up happening. Of course, the resistance will be blamed for Edgar's death. Quote, uh, the Pac Mirage, quote. <laughs> um, Laurie's rating, 7 out of 10 creeping recording devices. Human Garibaldi out of sympathy. Alien, we need beer back for some more humor. <laughs> Carl's rating, negative three, but that bar fight was still pretty awesome. Negative three? It got a minus two points for the long exposition speech. Episode Uh-oh. was too heavy-handed. Um, Lori's rating, or Lori's human and alien, uh, are getting, a, like, closer to Carl's. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, the, yeah. The we need beer back for some humor. <laughs> Best ship, the Thunderbolt. Yo, did see Thunderbolt. Yeah, yeah, we did. It was really quick shot, but that was uh, the one Sheridan um, we came to Mars in. Set in Mr. Edgar's living room, species, telepath, someone has to stand up for them. <laughs> Human, the one cyclop that, cyclop that closed that door. Carl's going to start <laughs> um, spew for telepaths. <laughs> <laughs> Death, surfer dude, Wade. <laughs> um, or surfer dude wade plot the shadows within ourselves <laughs> <laughs> wooing slash relationship dr dude and what's her face are having a spat <laughs> dr dude and what's her face dr dude and what's her face <laughs> flora that's all right flora mr edgar's poor orange juice <laughs> dramatic moment not going down without a fight <laughs> Comedic yeah, moment. that was pretty dramatic. <laughs> Comedic moment, ha ha ha, betrayal and death. That was <laughs> funny. That was really funny. <laughs> um, oh wait, I lost my um, actor Jason Carter, Marcus. Camera work, the lighting in the bar fight scene. What would Sinclair do? Not have cared about Sheridan's father. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what? Say that one more time? <laughs> well, what would Sinclair do not have cared about Sheridan's father? That's funny. That's a good one. Question of the episode. When are Ivanova and Marcus going to get together? Not until his hair like gets changed a bit, because I don't want to yeah, do that. He's got to get rid of that bob. It's just... Yeah. 
P.S. So Carl is pretty hooked now. We ended up watching the next one right after. It only took three and I think, seasons and 17 episodes. I think, um, I think Lori said that Carl has actually watched the one after that, too. He's gonna <laughs> oh, Carl, you're yeah. getting ahead. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You slow it down a bit. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, thank you, Lori and Carl. Oh, as always. You guys are awesome. Next Thank email you. is from Yarsto. You want to take that? I think Ian has one from Shane somewhere. Yeah, I've got one oh, from Shane. Go. Okay. Sorry, I couldn't see it. There it is. Um, okay. Greetings down below, casters. Here's my brief feedback for The Face of the Enemy. Only time for a few bullet points this week. Ivanova enters the famous last words contest this week with we'll be okay as long as nothing goes wrong. <laughs> I had that thought too, Yarsta. Um, Garibaldi enters the ominous foreshadowing contest with I think the last guy got 30 pieces of silver for the same job. On the Earthforth side, Mackie makes a welcome return as an anti-propaganda weapon and the Agamemnon comes to join Sheridan. Garibaldi succeeds in luring Sheridan to Mars and promptly administers some sort of tranquilizer. The attempt to capture the effects of this on film leads to some of the more unique cinematography on Babylon 5. <laughs> Next, Garibaldi finds out what Edgars has been up to, never trust a man looking for a final solution, and the we finally find out whatever happened to Mr. Garibaldi. Yeah. Yarsto mm. from the Netherlands. Thanks, Yarsto. Thanks, sir. Yeah, so Shane sent me a bit of feedback via Skype. Short but sweet. Because he did say last week he would, so I made sure he did. (laughs) He starts, wow, what an episode. Questions are answered. How's my favourite scene in the whole of Babylon 5? The bar fight scene, the music in that sequence... Sorry, the music in that scene is amazing. The director, Mike Behar, brought the tape of the song in and they shot the scene with the song playing in the background, sung by Juliette Lewis. (gasps) Really? Yeah, yeah, that sounds like something they would have done. (laughs) Yeah. So they choreographed the fight to the music. That's pretty cool. And he goes on to say, how on earth has Sarah... Then how? Sorry, I'll say that again. How Earth has Sheridan? Now Earth has Sheridan. I think you meant to say. What will happen to him? What will happen to Garibaldi? Now he knows everything. Now Ivanova has given up. And what will happen to Garibaldi? Now he knows everything. And now Ivanova has given the orders to shoot him on sight. Where's Lise? Overall, I would give this a 10 out of 10 barroom fights. I care about all of those things except where's Thank Lise. <laughs> Thanks for the feedback, everybody. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks, Shane. Okay. Next, we have predictions. Oh, and- I'm so glad we're back together again, Elizabeth. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I think you need it now, really, don't you? And so this is the one we're going to be commentarying on? Oh, please do. Yeah. Okay. Uh, the next episode is Intersections in Real Time. Oh, gosh. Could this be time travel, you think? Oh. Intersections in real time? Sure. <laughs> like, 
Sinclair comes from the past to yes <laughs> to not We're care about Phelan again. <laughs> I just yes. wanted to. I came all the. I came a thousand years in the future to tell you I don't care about your father. Care. <laughs> I don't Carry care on. Anymore. Um, Talia comes. From the past. Oh no. Um, intersections in real time. <laughs> I just yeah. Okay, this has this this has something to do with the psi weapon people. That's my. They have some kind of ability to intersect real time. <laughs> I don't even know what that means. I don't know That's what the it problem. means. We will next week. Um, oh. <laughs> they could pause it like Clarissa or something. Is it Clarissa? <laughs> yes. or, or, or yeah, she does that. I, so does Zach Morris. Um, well, or, like, the, I will the, say this about the episode: put on subtitles. Okay. Subtitle. Oh yeah, I always do. I, we always do because, especially yeah. when we're talking, it's hard. It's to... hard to listen and talk over it at the same time. Yeah, it's quite the skill. Um. Okay, so I, I think we're gonna get to see what these psi weapon mummif- mummified covered roll rolling on dollies <laughs> um thighs are gonna do. Okay. We didn't know. We didn't know what Sheridan has planned for them. Like we right. just saw Franklin's face as he comes out of the lab, and it didn't look like he was going to get to molest them. So it's, <laughs> it's not good for him. Um, He's not going to be able to vihar them. No. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> um. So just an overall prediction, not for this episode because I have no idea what this means. Um, but I think that, I don't think Garibaldi is just going to show up on Babylon 5. I think he's going to try to rescue Sheridan first. Ooh, good call. I agree with you. I agree with you. How is he going to do that? Mm. I don't have the how. Glasses. (laughs) The skies. He wears glasses and a mustache. Yes. Um, (laughs) And uh, yeah. And like, Like, like Daffy Duck. (laughs) <laughs> because they don't know that he wait no that's not right never mind um but is is sheridan's being held on mars well that's where they took him so they don't i mean mars is is not is is wait mars has not been liberated yet right not so yet. maybe he he um joins with the resistance and they all together free sheridan yeah I mean, Franklin's and, there. Uh, Lita's there. But perchance, Franklin and Lita have not seen the news. Right. Um, and I think he could convince Franklin. I think he could, yeah. Yeah. I th- well, and he could convince Lita because she could just read him and be like, oh, okay. He's telling the truth. Right. Exactly. Exactly. He'd be like, I don't like it. I don't like telepath, but go ahead and scan me. Mm-hmm. You know? And know that I'm telling the truth. Yep. We're, we called it. Yeah, we got it. We got it. (laughs) And and then Elise. I mean, I kind of do. I kind of do want to know what happened to her. So, but I don't know. Same thing that happened to um, Carolyn Sykes and Kath. I don't know. I'm just joking. No, because this was way more dramatic. Like they should have just shown her dead if they didn't want her to have a story, right? So maybe, maybe they, maybe. They wanted it to seem like the size got the drugs, but maybe she got it to it first. 
Maybe she's eloped with someone else. Maybe she's eloped with a Pac Mara. Uh, <laughs> if I'm gonna if I'm gonna go out there on a limb, I'm gonna say she got the drugs. Okay. I like that. And then that's pretty dangerous for her. What's Delen gonna do now that her uh beloved is Oh boy. Oh she's gonna well she's gonna cry. So Definitely. She'll yeah. probably stop eating again. <laughs> there's uh, there I think there's a ritual for this situation. <laughs> they're gonna take they're gonna take the white stars to Mars. Like it's gonna be all out. We need to like liberate Mars right now and like search building to building. But the resistance will have gotten him first. Yeah. And he'll be helping with the resistance and completely I mean, forgotten about able- her. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> that would be amazing. Because he was so happy when he heard that she was coming back yeah. to the yeah. station. And of course he left. Yeah, he did. He was already gone. <laughs> yeah, I know. He didn't even leave a note. Ugh. The Agamemnon like, have to have some role to play because otherwise why would they have come in at this exact moment? Point. I feel like they have enough firepower right now to take Mars back. I mean, to you know what I mean? Because yeah. they have all these ships. from. They Earth. have all the white stars plus all of the Earth ships. Yeah. That have turned, yeah. Except I'm still kind of you. That's right. I made a prediction last week that um, the the reason that it was so easy to get all of these Earth ships to turn because it seems like they just ride in and it's like, oh yeah, we're on your side. I think there's a Trojan horse thing going on. Oh, I agree. I do. I that came across my mind during this episode. It seemed too easy. Mm-hmm. I mean, not with that one ship but with the Agamemnon that it's kind of like okay you know this is just so maybe it's the Agamemnon because maybe it President Clark knows that it was his previous ship and that uh-huh. he would readily take it in you know so that could be okay. yeah and wait Agamemnon was he related to the whole Trojan story yeah yeah definitely was oh, he's the one no. he's the one I think he's actually the one who came up with the idea of the Trojan horse. Well, is that too easy? I don't know. Oh, wow. But yeah, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> but too it's obvious when you look at it, but um, certainly lends credence. Mm, interesting. Good call. Yeah. Okay. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. Nice. So, thank you, guest, for. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Reese and Ocean, for your participation. <laughs> Reese is about to go to sleep, and I'm about to watch the Oscars, so... <laughs> I think I'll pass. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I haven't watched them in years, but I figure I'll do it this year. Yeah, maybe I'll put uh, it on, you know. I still gotta Chris watch uh, the rest of Fuller House. <laughs> oh, yeah, I need to get to that. Chris Rock is usually funny, so... Yeah, gosh, that should yeah. be interesting. I just, I don't really, really want to see Leo win. I'm sorry. Oh. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> I don't like him. But that's all right. Yeah, so that is all we have this week, folks. We'll be back next time with Intersections in Real Time. But until then, goodbye. Bye. Bye. Stroke off. Three, three. So sweet And I
on the web in iTunes and on Stitcher Radio also downbelowpodcast.com facebook.com slash group slash downbelowpodcast and twitter.com slash downbelowcast downbelowpodcast.com 